You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. Holy Spirit, one of your words, one of your descriptions is the comforter, the guide the teacher, and we ask you to comfort us this morning, to guide, to teach us, and you also, you convict, and Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts this morning and convict us if there's anything that needs to be convicted of in regards to fear and faith, and Lord, I ask that you would just so gently, like you always do, Lord, let us have the ears that hear And we hear that still, small voice. Because in this process, one thing we can agree, we all want to hear you and we want to know where you want us to do. And we're still in process, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that we can do this together as a family. And we love you, Lord. We bless you. And I just ask that your spirit and your power and your love would be here in such a beautiful way. And I just invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to come. to, To lift up those heads that are downtrodden, to to heal the wounds that have been there for years. And this week just really exemplified that wounds that never went away. And we thank you that you give us that opportunity. You don't just leave us as wounded, walking people, but Lord, you say that you want to heal us. And sometimes to heal us, we have to face the wound and say, yes, Lord, do surgery on me. And we invite you to do that today, tonight, and the rest of this week and, and into the foreseeable future. In Jesus' name, amen. So there was this story in the Bible. It's in Luke 8, 22 to 25, and the title of it in the Bible is Jesus Calms the Storm. And let's read it together. In verse 22, Luke 8, it says, One day Jesus said his, to his disciples, let's go, other to, let's go over to the other side of the lake. They wanted to go somewhere. And we, they, we don't know why they wanted to go somewhere. Maybe Jesus knew there was going to be great ministry on, on the other end. And actually there was. If you read beyond that, you saw that Jesus delivered the demoniac. Jesus uh, healed a woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus rose. Little Jairus' daughter was dead. And, and uh, he healed her and she came back from the dead. So they had a mission to go to the other side of the lake. So what did they do? They got into the boat and they set out. In verse 23, it says, as they sailed, he fell asleep. Anybody besides me felt like Jesus might have been asleep this week? Um, A squall came down. Sound familiar? A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. What did these disciples, these experienced fishermen do? The disciples went and woke him to Jesus and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Anybody feel like you're going to drown this week? Anybody feel like there's a squall that came into our church and our lives and all that stuff? And you know what? The problem is, is a lot of us like, you know, I saw this before and it was bad. And these disciples said, I know a squall and I know the danger of the squall can do. So they were scared. And they, they weren't just naive kids. They were experienced fishermen. They had a reason to be scared. 
So what happened? It says, he, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Now, if I would have been Jesus, I would have went to the disciples after that and I'm like, okay, guys, come here, give me a hug. Oh, you guys, man, you almost died. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And I'm sorry I was sleeping. I, I should have never let you guys get into this storm. And you know what? Here, there is. Like, let's have some milk and cookies. And you know what? Let's just uh, all hug each other and sing Kumbaya. And it's all going to be okay. And you guys are the best. As a dad, if those were my kids, that's what I would have done. I was like, hey, you know, hey, Bethany, I love you. Don't worry. And I remember once uh, my daughter, Crystal, uh, we were at a restaurant, and she went to the bathroom, and she went out the wrong way, and she went into this alley, and the door closed behind her, and it was this weird thing, and they had, it was kind of a funky area, and like we were like waiting and waiting, and you know, she was only seven, so we were probably bad parents to let her go to the bathroom by herself. <laughs> Good thing social services weren't there. And, and you know what? Uh, after a while, we went and we found her. And, um, you know, I, I, I got her and I'm like, it's okay, because she was crying. And we're like, we're so sorry. We'll never do that again. And, and she was upset. And we were comforting her. And that's what you would expect Jesus to do, right? But what did Jesus do in response to their fear? He said in verse 25, where is your faith? I'm scared, I'm going to die. Lord, wow, you calm the fear. And he's like, where's your faith? You, in other words, you let fear get the best of you. And you guys are cowering. Like little girls. I mean, can I say that anymore? That's probably not politically correct. You're cowering. <laughs> sorry. I know, I'm sorry. My, my wife's a doctor, so I believe in independent, strong women, so. Um, you know, and it's like, Jesus rebuked them. And whenever we have fear, Jesus will rebuke us. And you know what? And then it said, in fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So, after they had their fear that he rebuked them for, they had a different kind of fear. It was a fear of God. So there is a good fear. It's the fear of God. But the fear of the storm is not what we're supposed to have. And I just want you to contemplate that question. What Jesus said in verse 25, where is your faith? When we have fear, we are saying, God, you're not in control you might be sleeping, but the storm is bigger than you. But Jesus will always prove that he is bigger than the storm, even if he's sleeping. You know, on the other side of the storm, when you have faith, Jesus calms the storm, and then all this amazing stuff happened. Because he knew he was going to deliver the demoniac, this crazy guy who had a legion of demons, and Jesus got freedom from him. They went into the pigs, and then they went off the cliff. It's a wild story. But imagine that guy. That guy was naked, and he, he broke chains, and he was in bondage, but Jesus set him free, and no storm was going to stop that. And then the woman with the issue of blood, for 12 years she used all her money. No doctor could help her. And Jesus healed her. And he raised a little girl from the dead. 
So Jesus is, so no storm will stop the kingdom of God from advancing and from Jesus doing his work. But on, but on the other side of fear, we don't see miracles. We see anxiety, we see pain, we see hurt, we see slander, we see confusion, we see fill in the blank, whatever you experienced this week. So right now, I just want to, um, it's a quick message. I, I just got it last night. <laughs> so uh, normally, sometimes it takes me like 20, 25 hours to, to get everything right. Um, thank you for your grace. But I, 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 I chose some scriptures, and I want to let God's word speak to you this morning. And these passages were written by men in the Bible who battled fear, but they managed to overcome it with faith. The first one is by a guy named Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. He went and he told a hardened people the truth. They hated him for it. They, they beguiled him for it. They, they persecuted him for it. And he was never popular. And like looking back now, we're, we're reading his prophecies, and it's the word of God. So he was speaking truth to them, and nobody wanted to listen. And he saw their threats, and their threats were real. So I'm sure he battled fear. So what did he say in Isaiah 41.10? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord's with us, he will see us through this, and he will hold us with his right hand. So I'm assuming the Lord's right-handed, right? <laughs> no, I don't know. But, and you know, how did, it, how did it go for Isaiah? So this, this man who said, fear not for I am with you, what happened to him? Tradition says he was killed by being sawed in two. If someone came after me with a saw and it felt like, I saw some blades this, this, this week, um, I would be scared. But the guy who got sawed in two said, fear not for I am with you. And then there was another guy, Paul the Apostle. He wrote a lot of the epistles, a lot of the New Testament. He was beaten, scorned, trapped into a city. They had to lower him in a basket. There was 40 men who took a vow not to eat until they killed him. Anybody ever have that? <laughs> you know, I've had a couple enemies and, and stuff, um, and I play hockey, so sometimes I, I, I do a cheap shot and some guy comes after me. Um, but I've never had 40 guys who said, I'm not going to eat until you're dead. Can you imagine that? So what does this guy say? Paul he said in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So really to tell where your fear and faith is, a peace is a good gauge. If you had a lot of peace this week, which is sort of hard to come by, you know, you probably had, your, your faith was probably doing pretty well. If you had no peace, fear was probably overpowering you. And then another man, 
in the Old Testament, his name was David. He was the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart. You look at his life, you look at the Psalms, he wrote the Psalms in the Bible, and you saw a man who looked fear in the eyes time after time after time. He fought battles against many enemies, and it wasn't like, you know, an arm wrestle where you walk away and have a drink afterwards. <laughs> it was people who wanted to kill him, who looked at him as an enemy. And he was chased within, so he, all the people on the outside, all the nations around were trying to kill him, and all the people inside were trying to kill him too. King Saul, the guy he served, who had all the power, he was constantly trying to kill him, and he put all his men over him. And then, to make matters worse, he was chased by his own son, Absalom. Tried to kill him, take the kingdom away. He knew fear. And then, he had the fear of his past failures, of adultery, of murder. He knew fear. So what does Mr. David say? When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Fear is a natural human emotion. We can't avoid it. So what do we do when we're scared? We put our trust in God. And Paul, again, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he was writing to his son Timothy, someone who meant the world to him. And what advice was he giving him? He said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and of love and of self-control or a sound mind. So you were figuring stuff out. We're processing it. We're praying. We're seeking God's mind. But in the meantime, we need, we don't need the spirit of fear. We need power, love, and self-control. And you know, there's actually, I believe there's an actual spirit of fear. You know, and I'm not a demonic expert, thank goodness. Actually, we have one here in the front. <laughs> Stuart Greer, <laughs> resident Ghostbuster. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I know he's probably like, man, that's the last thing I want to be known as. <laughs> um, there is a spirit of fear, and it comes over people, and we just do crazy stuff. I was actually talking to one of the South Africans and, or somebody recently about earthquakes and like, hey, what's the, you know, earthquakes and is it bad and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, the earthquakes aren't really bad, but the fear of an earthquake, you know, it's like everything shakes and you don't know what to do. And I think I had a friend and like the earthquake didn't hit him, but like he got so scared that he ran, he tripped and he hit his head. And it's the fear that really paralyzes us. <laughs> So, but God did not give us a spirit of fear. But the enemy brings it, and he wants us to succumb to it. But I'm telling you, don't succumb to the spirit of fear. And then we have in Hebrews, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. A lot of people say Paul wrote it. But I think it's, it's a great verse to end on. Hebrews 11.6, the first part, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many people want to please God? We all do. We're disagreeing and, and we're wondering and we're confused. But in the end of the day, we all want to please God. Are we going to please God with fear? No. We'll please God if we have faith. 
Faith over fear. Faith over fear. Mervis, why don't you come on up and uh, we're going to do some worship. So, you know what I want to do right now? We're here. Tonight we're going to discuss as much as we can. Be open and honest as, as we can. But right now, we're going to worship God. We are all children, sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, God is in heaven, and it says that Jesus is at the right hand. And you know what he's doing? He's interceding for us. You know, so many people have been praying and stuff for each other in the church. You know, but Jesus is praying too. He's like, Lord, you see heritage. <laughs> you see all the fear. You see all the stuff, the hurts, the pain, the confusion. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Help them. Holy Spirit, help them. And so what's our response? You know, it's, it's similar to, to Mike. When Mike was at his death's door, and like, I'm the leader, and despite my bravado image, I don't have all the answers. And um, people are like coming up to, what should we do? And some are saying, we should just fast until he gets better. We should do this, and we should do that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, God. I'm not going to tell anybody, but what do I do? And 15 minutes later, I get this text, and it's like, hey, by the way, last Sunday during worship, I had this vision. It was Barbara Deckmeyer, and she's like, have an evening of prayer and worship. And as we worship, God's going to heal him. And as in our lungs, God's going to heal his lungs because his lungs were really doing bad then. And so we did. And our worship and our prayer broke through and won the battle for Mike. And it's really interesting. Um, so I really felt to speak about fear. And so we had this elder meeting yesterday. Anybody remember Dorothy Dunn? Yeah. I mean, Dorothy's awesome. For those of you who don't know her, she's only about five foot. She's what, 80s, 70s? Tell her she looks like 50s. <laughs> and, you know, I had a call, and I had a lot of calls, so it went to voicemail. And, and last night, after I did my message, I... Um, I was like, oh, I should listen to what Dorothy has to say. And um, I'm just going to play it. Is that okay? I'll put my microphone. Because it's really cool. And I've seen God give me so many signs this week. No matter what ends up happening, that he's with us. And you know what? I'm going to just play this. Uh, hopefully you guys could hear. Hi, Peter. It's Dorothy. Dorothy Dunn. And I'm calling to let you know I'm going to keep you covered in prayer for this meeting you're going to have regarding 412. And um, I just think you've got an awful lot of rumblings of fear going on around you. And I'm just, I think you should address that. Okay, so basically what she said is there's a lot of grumblings of fear and you should address that. And it was like, I just finished my message on fear. So it was so cool. And Dorothy Dunn is somebody who knows how to face fear. She moved away, so she's, she's not in her area anymore. The my favorite Dorothy Dunn story is she was actually in Johannesburg. She ministered at an orphanage over there, and she was handing out goods and food and stuff. 
And this kind of warlord guy walks up. He has fatigues on. And he's like, what are you doing here? This is my territory. Get out. And then he kind of like goes like this. And, and he was packing. He had a gun. And then so she's like, well, when we're finished, we'll leave. And so he turned around and left. <laughs> a little while later, half hour later, he comes back. And he's like, you didn't hear me. You need to leave now. And she's like, well, yeah, you didn't hear me. We'll, we'll leave when I'm finished. He goes around, back. He comes back a third time, pulls out his gun, points it at her face, and he says, if you don't leave, I'm going to blow your you-know-what off. And if that was me, it'd probably be a big puddle under me. <laughs> But Dorothy looked at him and she said, you know what? You're going to look really foolish when you pull that trigger and the gun doesn't go off. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> and the guy looked at her. He's probably like, you know, trying to intimidate her. He put it away. He walked away and he never came back. So let's take Dorothy's advice. And really it's God's advice. <laughs> it's the scripture. Let's have faith over fear. And what I want us to do is, why don't we stand? And so I've asked Mervis to lead us in worship, and, and I've also asked him, if he's feeling the Spirit of God, to, to minister over people, over us as a congregation. So please be patient with that. But I want everybody to close your eyes. Forget about everything else right now. Forget about the storm, the squall, everything. Put your gaze on Jesus. Put your gaze on Jesus. And I want you to worship him like you've never worshipped him before. We need it. And he's worthy of it. You're welcome to come up front or stay where you're at. But I just love you guys. And I love that we all love Jesus. <laughs> Lord, I just speak against fear with the authority you've given me in this church. I speak against fear and we say no more in Jesus' name. Give us listening ears and open hearts and discernment and wisdom. Let us be like the Bereans, Lord, where we turn to Scripture. Lord, we, we search the Scriptures because we want to know truth. We want to know your way, Lord. But Lord, let fear not be any part of it. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you're here. And Lord, just like you calmed the winds and the waves way back in the day, you can do it again, and we welcome you to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.